In this lesson, I'm sharing ways that you can fix your tone of voice so that it doesn't deter people from engaging with you and listening to your feedback and doesn't result in them complaining about you at work. So let's get into it. All right, so we have an explorer who wrote to us, and here is what they have to say. Much of my work is urgent, high stakes, and done in teams with people who are not as senior slash experienced. I have repeatedly been told that when I give instructions or provide feedback, people walk away feeling judged, mistrusted, and that their competency has been questioned. I know this is due to how I am relaying the message, tone, facial expression, etc. When I get serious or when I'm feeling stressed myself or when I feel like other people haven't produced a good work product, I keep letting that come through in conversations and I'm not sure how to stop it. Okay, so thank you so much for sending that in. We're going to first talk about nonverbal communication, and then we're going to move on to some other points. So with nonverbal communication, you really want to achieve that calm tone. You can still be assertive in having a calm tone, but you're making sure that nothing is getting you riled up. You're thinking about being as calm as you possibly can, even when relaying a message that might not be as nice to hear, right? If it's criticism or feedback, or if the person isn't responding very well, right? They have a sour face on them. It could be difficult to achieve that calm tone, but I want you to strive for that nonetheless. The other thing is relaxed facial expressions. The best thing, especially with having tough conversations or in stressful work environments, is to have a soft, genuine smile on your face and relax the tension in your muscles, right? A lot of us carry tension in our jaws, we carry tension in our brow line, we carry tension in our eye crease area. So if you can do some face yoga ahead of time, ahead of this conversation, or if you can just sort of stretch out your face in private, then that will go a long way. And if not, then just sort of think about something that relaxes you, have a soft expression on your face and have that nice but soft, genuine smile. That helps a lot. The next thing is to have an open stance, right? And that's with our body language. It's confident, but it's also warm and welcoming. And it's not threatening. It's not intimidating. It's not insecure and, you know, doing something like this with our arms crossed, hunching over. It's confident and assertive, and it's also welcoming because the way we can also show that we're welcoming is with holding out our hands like this, making these sweeping outwardly gestures. Not too much, of course, in moderation, but adding them a little bit to help articulate and emphasize your points as you are communicating. Right, so this type of nonverbal communication will put both you and the other person at ease. That's very important because especially in difficult conversations or when you're providing criticism or feedback, something like that, you don't want to come off as aggressive or have this sort of dominating presence, right? A foreboding presence. We don't want anything like that. You want to put the other person at ease as well. And it will help them understand that you're not there to judge them or question their competence. Rather, you're there to facilitate successful collaboration on a shared goal. You're on the same page as they, in other words. So you want to make sure that you convey that 
through nonverbal communication. All right, so the next thing is verbal communication. So as you are articulating your message, you want to find a way to remind them that you and they are on the same team. You are going after the same goal, right? If you're working on a project together, it's having that project be successful. If you're working on some other type of element in your job, you're doing it together, you're collaborating, you want to achieve something. You want it to be successful. You want to see the plan and the project to fruition together, right? So you're not there to criticize them. And if you do have some criticism to provide, that's very possible because it does come up every now and then. You want to make sure that you're not criticizing the individual. You want to focus on the speech act, right? Which is potentially giving instructions or providing feedback or sharing some criticism that you have. You want to focus on the problem solving, if indeed there's an issue, making sure that the person knows that you're not attacking them. This is not an ad hominem where you're attacking the person. Rather, you want to attack the issue. You want to get to the bottom of the root cause of the underlying issue that you're going to help them with. You're going to resolve together. So that's a very important distinction to make. You're not attacking the person. You're attacking the problem. And this could have been anyone. If you had made that mistake, if someone else had made that mistake, you would be attacking the problem just the same. Okay. And lastly, the mental reminder. You're not the boss of anyone but you. Even if you are in a supervisor role or a CEO of something or a leader, right? You can only control yourself and your actions. You can't control someone else's output. So as frustrating as it might be, for someone to see that their team is not performing the way that they themselves would perform or want to perform, you cannot control other people's performance. You can incentivize, you can encourage, but you can't control their output, their progress, and their performance. And I know that this can be a huge stressor, but if you're in charge of running a team or a department, the reality is that everyone is in charge of themselves. They're responsible for themselves. Sure, you can guide, encourage, be an example of good work ethic and lead the way, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty, you can't be responsible for their work or their output. So this should come as solace to you, knowing that you can't control things that are beyond your control, so you can now stop worrying about them. And the less you worry about the things that you can't control, the more you will focus on that which you can control. And as a reminder, the things within your control are things like your communication, your thoughts, your attitude, your output, your productivity, and so forth. So the way to stop it, because that was part of the question, how do I stop doing this? Well, the first thing is to be mindful. So if you're already aware that you're doing this, that is you know, one third of the way there. It's about being mindful, noticing the situation, knowing that there is an issue, and being proactive about it, not just saying, oh, well, there's this issue, but I don't care. I'm just going to go on and do the same thing that I always do and not addressing the problem, which is the way that this person is communicating, right? So you want to be proactive so as not to fall into the same communication patterns. And then obviously the practicing is so important. It cannot be overlooked. Practice makes progress. We all know that. So as much as I... <laughs> would like for there to be a magic pill or a magic formula or something like that. There isn't, but the strategies that I shared with you, 
in this lesson will definitely help. And the more you practice them, the more they will become natural to you and second nature. So be sure to keep those handy and practice them in real life when you get the chance. So we discussed nonverbal communication, we discussed verbal communication, and also the mental reminder for how to change our tone. Going from a threatening tone to a problem-solving tone can be a lot to do at once. So break it down into actionable steps by focusing on one aspect of your nonverbal communication and one aspect of your verbal communication, and be sure to give yourself the mental reminder that we discussed as well. Change won't happen overnight, but the more you practice and the more work you put into it, the more you'll get out of it. And before you know it, you'll be communicating with an assertive yet caring tone that gets results. All right, extraordinaries, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me for this lesson. I do hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please give it a big thumbs up. And if you have any communication conundrums that you'd like to put on my radar and have me share my input on, please send us an email at hello at exploring.co or you can leave a comment on this video. And like I said, feel free to give a big thumbs up, subscribe, and also follow our podcast. Listen to that as well. And if you'd like to leave us a nice review, you can leave up to five stars. We really appreciate it. It helps keep the channel going and helps us keep creating the content that you love to see here at Exploring. And also feel free to sign up for our free newsletter, which you can find at exploring.co, where you'll also find our blog and you'll get all of our lessons. We have hundreds of lessons on communication, social skills, public speaking, interviews, all of that jazz. And I'm going to see you in another lesson very, very soon here at Exploring. All right. Happy Exploring, everyone. Bye.